arbeiten. You're listening to the Sovereign Soundcloud. This was first broadcast on 2XXFM in Canberra on 98.3. Tune in, 10am, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. And that was the Teenage Band with It's Going to Rain. And you're hanging out with me, Dylan, on Sovereign on 2XXFM 98.3. And we are currently in the middle of Radiothon. So if you want to win some amazing prizes, make sure you call the office staff. They're waiting by the phones, ready to take your donations on 6230100 or go online at 2XXFM.org.au. I'm joined on the phone here with, and I'm sorry, I've been saying it all morning, Patrick, and I don't know why. It is Peter Cooley. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good morning, Dylan. Thanks for having me on your show, mate. No, it's it's a pleasure. Um, so, uh, the good people at 5050, uh, 50 Acres got me on to you, and I'm very, very grateful. Um, so f- first up, you have you founded a, a fantastic charity, uh, First Hand Solutions. Would you mind telling us a bit bit about that? Yeah, sure. First Hand Solutions is um, it, we're a small Aboriginal charity, and um, we we have two main programs that we do. Um, one is social enterprise, and the other is community programs. And through those community programs, we work with a lot of young Aboriginal um, people, either in community or in schools, and that's all about reconnecting those kids back to um, back to culture and get them interacting and working with community elders. Um, and just providing them with a, an avenue to to gain valuable cultural skills and knowledge. And in the social enterprise, um, we try to work with small Aboriginal businesses to try and um, create opportunities for those guys and also um, looking at employing young Aboriginal people. Absolutely. And why, why is it so important for young, young guys to engage in culture? Oh, it's... It's massively important, one, to keep the culture alive, keep our culture thriving and alive and growing. Um, But two, um, a lot of our young people have um, sort of, you know, struggling around that identity thing, um, who they are and where they come from. And so it's really important that um, we get them back and we're able to work with the kids and instill or teach them that cultural skills and knowledge and and get them to realise that... um, you know, they're part of something much, much bigger, part of something they never really thought much about. Absolutely. Uh, what, what are some, some of the uh, issues that come from, from not being able to identify that you, you, oh, you guys look, are trying to... Um, yeah, look, um, you know, there's a whole range of social issues that are associated with dispossession of culture and um, particularly around that mental health area. Um, mm. You know, we—it's—it's <clears throat> it's common knowledge and highly publicised issues around you know substance abuse and stuff like that. And and, and as you say, you know, reconnecting to culture can be a, be a great way to just have that base, um, that foundation. Oh, absolutely! That that cultural foundation is extremely important and I mean a couple of the young people that we work with um, you know they're very proud to, to come out and say that you know the kids that were kind of heading off in the wrong, wrong direction you know places that you know you, you don't want these young people to be in and they were lucky enough that they they sort of linked back to culture um, before things got um, much worse than what they were and you know they'll they'll tell you straight out that it's the culture, getting back to that culture that they're still walking around on the planet today. Mm. 
it must make you incredibly proud to see these kids achieve achieve a lot. Oh, absolutely, and you know, it's it's through those achievements of seeing young people smiling and you know happy faces and you know families um, you know coming together and stuff like that. I mean, that that's the passion of mine is being able to get young people back to culture, um, provo- just provide opportunities for Aboriginal people, families and communities in general and um, when you've got that passion it's not hard to, to get out and do what you know, do what we've been doing for a long time. Yeah, and you, you're, very, you're definitely one to, uh, to have that passion. Have you always had that passion? Um, <clears throat> look, it's growing up, I grew up in the Aboriginal community here at La Perouse in the southern suburbs of Sydney and, you know, growing up we just took it for granted that um, our parents or our grandparents would, would take us to the ocean and teach us how to do fishing and things like that and fishing was um, a massive part of the, the La Perouse community when I grew up um, and it wasn't uncommon each weekend for you know 10 families to to go to the ocean and and just gather and it was it wasn't just a gathering and meeting and um, it was a learning experience too where <coughs> excuse me um, our elders would take us around the rocks at low tide and, and find out things that we could eat and what we couldn't eat and and um, yeah it was just a, a real sort of eye opener and we just didn't realise what we were getting back there um, and it's not until you get a bit older um, but I was kind of disconnected from that stuff for a long time um, you know I spent a lot of time in as a trade uh, in the trade um, area and I didn't get much time to to do that stuff, and it wasn't until I got a bit older that I realised that you know the kids kids in the community just are not doing anything like we used to when we were kids. You know that real hands-on outdoors type stuff, and and you know we can we can sort of lay the blame on technology for that, and, and but we have to have technology, you know that. But um, yeah, it's that technology that's getting kids. To you know, spend time more so on a phone or in front of a computer, and not necessarily out doing doing the the practical things that we grew up with. Yeah, and you uh, one of the programs you you offer, which I which I see here, is the Catch and Cook program, which uh, which definitely reigns from from the parallels of that story just there. Absolutely, and that was um uh, that was purely came out of my experience growing up. Um, you know getting on later later years uh, you know probably about 10 years ago I realised that the kids just didn't, whereas everyone everyone fished when I grew up but 10 years ago I noticed that no one fished and I thought wow like you know we enjoyed it so much and it's a skill that we've had for life we've been able to just you know go fishing whenever we feel like it and something to eat well, well, hopefully get something to eat. Um, but yeah, it just it just kind of disappeared, and I thought, you know, this this can't be right. We we need to the the community was big on fishing, and it's important um, for the community, and we need to bring that back, or some way of getting these kids involved back and back to the ocean. And how do you uh, engage with the kids? Is this through schools or through community programs? Um, both. Both. Um, we've been we've been sort of working in this area now for the last ten years. So um, it's 
it's quite easy through all the networks developed and community into communities all around really um, but yeah we've <clears throat> it, we get high level of engagement um, in the programs because you know a lot of people a lot of people know them now and and they <clears throat> they realize that it's something that they feel their kids need which is uh, which is definitely. Do you have a lot of parents and and uh, older people coming in and help, helping out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we you know, we try to encourage the parents at all times to to come in and participate in with their children, help them out, and work beside them. Um, you know, in, in a far different role than what they'd normally do in the household. So, yeah, it's, it's something we strongly encourage, and it's something that we. You know, we're getting a lot of take-up from parents. A lot of parents are buying into it and, and spending time with their kids, you know, doing the activities. Mm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had an interview with uh, Elder Graham Moore from Bega, who, who also does some stuff with, with the kids around there. And he found that uh, by teaching the kids uh, cultural stuff, that the parents were uh, learning it again. Uh, from their kids, do you find that that is happening with these parents that are joining in, or are they more teaching? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a, we've we've got a quite a few generations that have, have been disconnected from culture and or or haven't had a lot of exposure to culture, just purely the way we live these days, and you know the the rigors of trying to survive in in the world we we're in at the moment, and you know that. Um, We've all got to get out and work and do do things on a daily basis, which you know doesn't leave a lot of time if we want to spend reconnecting back to culture. And yeah, so I found that yes, there is a lot of people that um, are learning things all the time. Even um, even some of the stuff we do, and we've got some elders there that they go, "Wow, this is amazing!" Um, you know, we didn't we didn't realise this stuff because just simply haven't been exposed to it for for such a long time. And I suppose that's the point, uh, lifelong learning that you would be teaching. Beg your pardon? Um, that, that, that would be one of, the, one of the things, lifelong learning. As you say, you learn a life skill, but you'll be learning, you know, how to in- engage forever. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, life is one big learning journey for, I, I think, for, for as long as you're alive. Absolutely. Um and this this wasn't your first uh startup first hands you started started out something else peter are you still there uh sounds like we are having a connection problem with peter i'm going to take you to another yothu yindi song when i try and get him back you're hanging out with me dylan on sovereign on 2xx fm 98.3 make sure you do jump over to our twitter at sovereign 2xx or hashtag sovereign uh, sovereign stories make sure you do call our friendly office staff on 6230100 to get yourself a 2xx subscription or a donation to get in the draw for some fantastic prizes Peter, do we have you back? Uh, we do. I don't know what happened there, Dylan, but um, yeah, no, I'm back. And as I was saying, when when uh, when I got cut off or something happened, <laughs> um, look, life's one big learning experience for however long you're living, and it, it just never stops the learning. Um, but you know, that's that's part of traditional learning in Aboriginal culture. Is you know, it takes a long time to to get the cultural education, cultural knowledge as well, and 
you know, that's all based around responsibility and, um, you know, old people will pass on information and knowledge and, and skills if they feel that you're ready for it and that, you know, learning is a lifelong experience. Yeah, and you'll want, you'll definitely want to know that because you, this isn't your first startup, is it? Beg your pardon? This isn't your, uh, first, first hand solution wasn't your first, first adventure. No, no, I, um, I, I run my own business as well in, um, uh, programming and stuff like that. Um, you know, working with, working with kids and, and communities and stuff like that. But before that, I spent 20 years in the diesel trade, which is completely away from this stuff. Um, and but you know, I always had it inside me that you know I wanted to wanted to do stuff around culture and working with young people and communities and yeah. So I end up pulling the pin on the trade um, and and you know getting into running stuff in community. So yeah, it's not the not the first startup, um, but. Uh, first Hand Solutions is, you know, it's only been operating for a small or, or short time since the end of 2012 and in that time we've we've made some great inroads and done some really, really good stuff and there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline as well, so it's, it's exciting times. Definitely, I'm definitely going to keep my finger on the pulse of that one. And how would uh, people get involved if they either, either want to take part or, or help out? Um, look, there's um, contact details on the on the website, so it's firsthandsolutions.org, and down the bottom of the website, um, you'll all the contact details, phone numbers, and um, email address if anyone's interested. Yeah, but we're certainly always looking for um, people to volunteer, which is fantastic. And uh, as we were talking about uh, lifelong learning, can you tell me about the Center for Social Impact? Ah, uh, yes, that's a Centre for Social Impact is um, is in UNSW here in Sydney, um, and it's all about um, social impact and um, you know looking at basically um, so- social impact on a global scale. But you know the the principles of of that on a global scale can be basically scaled to anywhere, lo- local level or or whatever you know. So. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I was lucky enough to be involved with the Centre of Social Impact. Yeah, you were the uh, the first Indigenous graduate f- from the centre. Is that right? That is right. Yes, and it's um, you know something that hasn't really sunk in, but it's something I'm very proud of, and um, I'm quite amazed actually that it's worked out that way. That after all this time, I'm the first first Aboriginal person to complete the course. It's um, yeah, it's astonishing, really. Do, do you think this will path, uh, uh, pave the way for other Indigenous graduates? Oh, definitely, definitely, and and it's something that I can highly recommend to to any Aboriginal person out there who might be listening. That you know, it's um it's a real eye opener. There's a, it, it's fascinating. Um, it's a great course. You you get to you know understand you know social social issues at all levels you know global right down to a local level and um look at you know innovative leadership that's um coming up with um you know uh innovation innovative solutions to these complex issues and yeah it's just amazing um right through learning leadership um you know uh all different stuff that's happening around the world to 
to try and um, make a positive impact, particularly uh, in the, you know in areas where there's high poverty and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, it's just been a real, real eye opener, a real pleasure, and I've met some incredible people, and you know, got to um, work with a lot of people. Really, really good people who, who go out of their way to try and make sure that you, you, you know, as comfortable as possible in the course. It's not, it's not something that um, I, I'd actually thought of. Uh, spending a lot of time in the trade, and the last thing I thought about was university. But it wasn't until I was invited to, you know, uh, an event held at UNSW that I, I um, sort of got talking to. Um, a pretty well-known lady by the name of Cheryl Kerner and um, it was through that conversation with Cheryl that sort of kicked off the idea of, of me um, going to uni and Cheryl's actually the Director of Social Business at Centre of Social Impact so she's also the lecturer of parts of the course as well so it was through her encouragement that um, I decided I'd give it a go and um, yeah, no, the rest is history it took a couple of years to to get over it and get through it and you know I'm looking um, I'm looking forward to how I can uh, really make a difference utilising what I've learnt through that course um, in, to, for Aboriginal communities people and families and for people that are, are interested in, in joining the, the Centre for Social Impact so you were saying that it, it is it is a university degree you get yes it is it's a graduate certificate in social impact and it's um, yeah it's held at the social, Centre of Social Impact at, at the UNSW. So, yeah, um, I, I would, if for anyone interested, I would be um, calling the Centre of Social Impact and, and just having a chat with them. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be putting all those information up on our Facebook page on Sovereignty XX. Um, so, so you... You were saying that you met, met a whole heap of people through there and uh, and and you have your networks. How, do you have a large team that works with you through First Hand Solutions? Um, no, I don't. I've got um, I've got two permanent staff, which I'm included in that, <laughs> and then I've got a team of about six casuals. So we're not a big team, but what we lack in size, we certainly um, we have a lot of you know punching um, skills. So we you know small numbers, but high level of skills, and we're able to do a lot of a lot of different things. Which is absolutely fantastic, and that, that that's always the way you know a small small team. I bet, but you're all like family. We are growing though. Um, mm. We are growing, and um, our team consists of about five young people, and two of those are fifteen year olds. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, we do we do look at trying to provide opportunities for targeting the younger Aboriginal people that um, are unemployed. Which is uh, which is really fantastic. Um, f- Fifteen. That that is that is quite quite something. What do those guys do? Um, we run our social enterprise. I didn't. I don't think I explained the social enterprise side of things. But mm. that's um, that's a a monthly activity that we run. It's called the Black Markets, and that's an Aboriginal marketplace here at La Perouse. It's held on um, it's held on Bear Island in Botany Bay. Um, sort of they. It's where they made uh, Mission Impossible 2, actually, mm. um, on the island. So um, anyone anyone who's seen Mission Impossible 2 would have seen Tom Cruise on the island. But 
it's an old military fort um, that was commissioned during the World Wars, and um, it's now a national park. And so we um, we're able to run a market there, a monthly market, and um, that's about providing opportunities for small Aboriginal businesses and just giving them, bringing the market to them, um, where they can you know sell their products on a on a monthly basis and just increase you know income into their families and. But it's also a place where we can reconnect young people to culture because we have a lot of cultural activities happening on the day and and it's also, um, we use it to employ those young fellas. Um, they do all different types of stuff at the markets from, you know, bumping people, uh, stall holders in, um, running the gate, running our own stall, um, making sure that everything around the marketplace is in place, the equipment, making sure there's no loose rubbish laying anywhere. And then at the end of the day, they help pack it all in. That That is actually really awesome. I, I think that's that's a fantastic idea. And if I'm ever around La Perouse, I'll be definitely checking out the Black Markets. Yep, the Black Markets is the first Sunday of every month. The Sunday of every, every month. I'm going to put that in my calendar. And uh, and they also have a fa- Facebook page, which I'll be uh, chucking up on there. So, thank you so much for joining me, joining me this morning, Peter. It was fantastic having a yarn with you. Cool. No, it's a, it's a pleasure, Dylan. It's um, no thank you for the opportunity to share what we've we've been doing um, with your listeners. And congratulations on on, uh, on graduating too. I should say. Thank you. Well, I haven't graduated yet. That happens on the twelfth of November, so that's um, that'll be an exciting time, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, it's um, it's something to be proud of. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, listeners, I'm going to take you now through to Patrick Levi. Peter, stay on the line for me. You're listening to the Sovereign SoundCloud. This was first broadcast on 2XXFM in Canberra, 98.3. Make sure to like our Facebook page, Sovereign 2XX, to find out more.